In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. His name meant useful. Onesimus. If you were a slave and they named you useful, how would you feel? I've always believed that Onesimus must have been free as a child. Maybe they captured him when he was wandering around in the woods in Germania playing. I don't think that was his first name. Useful. Maybe he was so young that he almost didn't remember his real name. But Onesimus was captured and he was put in bondage. And he worked for a man named Philemon, who was a wealthy man who lived in the city of Colossae. Onesimus, we believe, stole something, money or something precious from the house, and ran. He wanted to be free, so he ran away from his setting of bondage. He ran for 1,300 miles, all the way from Colossae to Rome, where somehow he began to work as a servant in a house where Paul was imprisoned. It was the end of Paul's ministry, and Paul was under what was called house arrest. So he wasn't in a jail, he was in a home, but he wasn't allowed to leave. Paul got to know Onesimus, and of course, Paul taught him about Jesus. And Onesimus fell in love with Jesus, just like us. And Onesimus is baptized and becomes part of the church. And then Paul does a very weird thing. Paul writes his shortest letter. It's tucked in the middle of the New Testament, the letter to Philemon. Paul writes a letter to the slave master who owned Onesimus, and he tells Onesimus to take the letter and to go back. Back to his setting of oppression. But this time, as a Christian and as a baptized child of God, as a free soul, and Paul writes to Philemon, who also has been baptized and is a Christian and says to Philemon, you owe me your life because I taught you about Jesus. You are to welcome this man as a brother, not as a slave. You are to welcome him as a free man. But I've always struggled with that thought. So this slave 
who's finally found the love of God and freedom is supposed to go back, back to the place where he was in bondage? Why? Why? Why does Paul send him back? And when he gets back, what in the world was it like for him? In today's gospel, Jesus says something that I have struggled with my whole adult life. He says that you have to hate your mother and your father, your brothers, your sisters, your children, and even your own life if you want to follow him. And I think to myself, wait, I thought we were supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. How are we supposed to love our neighbor as ourself and hate our family and our life? That doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't feel like the same message. How could Jesus have said to love God and, and everyone around you, and yet you're supposed to hate the people that are closest to you? When things don't make sense for me in the Bible, I always go back to the original language and try to take a deep dive in that language to figure out what in the world was Jesus talking about. Well, the word for hate is miseo, which sounds like misery, doesn't it? And just like all of those ancient words, it meant so much. And every time we translate, we limit its meaning drastically. And one of the meanings, yes, is hate. But another one is releasing or letting go. Or I think the best English translation I could come up with is the word renunciation. Do you know that word? To renounce. Now, most Americans, when we think of renouncing, we think renouncing our citizenship or something. But I'm talking about more of an Eastern understanding of the word renunciation. It means to release. To not hold on to, to not possess, to not be attached to let go. You need to renounce the relationships that capture you, those closest ones that can become obsessive and consuming. You have to let them go, release them. In the Hindu tradition, there is an epic story about renunciation that you've probably heard about. It's thousands of years old. It's called the Bhagavad Gita. And in the Bhagavad Gita, there is a story about a man who is in a chariot on a battlefield, surrounded by people who are about to go to war with each other. His name is Arjuna. And in this chariot, there's a chariot driver who is Krishna, the representative of God, a deity. And Arjuna says to Krishna, I don't want to fight this war. These are all my relatives. My cousins are over there. My brothers are over there. I don't want to fight this bloodbath. What am I doing here? I just want to leave. What should I do? 
And Krishna launches into this beautiful poem in Sanskrit that is all about renunciation. He says to Arjuna, I know this is an impossible situation. You're standing in the middle of a war zone where your family is on both sides, and yet you are called to play your part. And of course you want to leave. Of course you just want to check out. But what you really need to do is live into the role that God has given you but let go of the results. Understand that this life that you are leading right now is transitory. It is not permanent. And your job is to do whatever God asks of you to the best of your ability so that you can reach God, so that you can come to a greater awareness. Let go of all this not by quitting or leaving, but by holding it lightly, doing your part, doing your best in a very broken world, your best to try to make it better, and then let it go. So we're all in bondage to one thing or another, my friends, in this world. We're in bondage to different things, depending on our unique situations. Some of us are absolutely obsessed with what people think of us. We're enslaved to other people's opinions. Some of us have longed for the perfect romantic relationship all our lives, and we never feel like we've quite gotten it, and it consumes us. Some of us wish that we could just make a little bit more money. If we just had a little bit more, always a little bit more, we would be okay. Some of us are consumed by a desire to drink or flashes of anger that we can't control. But whatever it is that holds you in bondage, St. Paul says we are all in bondage to sin. Something consumes us that is not God. And it is that thing that we must be released from. And we can be released by falling in love with Jesus and by renunciating the results of this world, by serving him and even going back to the hardest things in our life. Like Onesimus has to go back to his setting of oppression to go back to what Jesus calls our place of the cross, that thing that caused us pain, but go back as a child of God, fully loved, knowing that no matter what happens, we will be well because we have a place with him in eternal life. And so Onesimus goes home, home to the place where he suffered, but he goes home changed. And I have to believe that when he arrives, Philemon holds him as a brother. 
and he enters into a whole new chapter of his life because he's free. And that freedom isn't dependent on anything that happens to him. Even if he were to be thrown back into slavery, even if he were to be killed, he knows he's free in God. And so are you. And so am I. There's nothing that can capture you anymore. You don't have to let anything hold you back. The results in this life are no longer important to us because we belong to the kingdom of heaven. Baptized children of God, you are free. You can let all of it go. Do your best and have great joy for the life that is to come. Amen.